0: Welcome to Horror Bites on Safer, the show where we highlight short indie horror games and the people who make them. I'm Neil Bolt, and joining me as ever is my friend from around the way, Jay Greer. Hey! For this week's episode, we have another two bite-sized horror games for you to snack on. Uh, one sees you asked to become the king of honk, and the other asks the most important question of all, who wouldn't want to check out an abandoned mall? So, Jay, the tables have turned on Horror Bites because this time you have brought me a visual novel <laughs> some might even say that's absurd <laughs> um so tell us about this clamcastic game you brought this week
1: what can i say you've inspired me to uh, broaden my horizons once again um, and I- <laughs> i'm doing so with absurd from studio lemmy which is available on itch.io and absurd is a choose your own adventure visual novel that sports an ms paint art style that asks the player to choose whether or not they'd like to finally see what lies beyond the perimeter of their property's fence. Do you stay content with your dull but safe life, or do you venture into the wilderness to set out on an exciting and potentially dangerous adventure? It doesn't take that long to learn that the woods are filled with monsters, not all of whom are dangerous, though that is entirely based on the player's choices. So I think right off the bat, the art style kind of jumps out at you, mm. um, and you know I described it as being ms paint which you know i think is an accurate description of it but at the same time you need to realize that this is highly detailed to the degree that you know the art style of the monsters and the environments are crazy detailed and varied enough um, that it gives you a good amount of set pieces and monsters to kind of interact with and whatnot and if anything the simplistic art style i think goes a long way in kind of just capturing the mood it almost has a slight dot matrix kind of feel to it, to the way that it looks. Yeah. But I'm and I'm probably not even doing it uh, the justice it deserves, but, you know, that mm-hmm. is an art style that I think you've seen other games do. And, you know, the sort of antiquated look of what I'm describing is typically what you're used to. But here it is far more detailed to the degree that I assume somebody that's a, a very competent artist was behind this because it really does capture, you know, a variety of monsters, like I said, but also... Just the overall, like, eerie vibe that this goes for, um, I think, mm. is quite telling in terms of just, you know, the creative identity I, th- I think I would uh, describe this game as. Because yeah. it does a great job of not being overly scary or being, you know, especially bloody or gruesome or anything like that. But it does capture this sort of like, oh, I'm coming across these random cryptids almost, right? And sort mm-hmm. of exploring the wilderness. Um, in terms of the choose-your-own-adventure style. In the past, I've not always been a fan of that. And I think that, you know, that's part of what has taken me a while to get on board with visual novels to the degree that I am now, because it's like, okay, you boast that there's all these different options, multiple endings and whatnot. Am I going to want to go through the entire experience again to do all of these different things and then not Mm -hmm. actually maybe have a payoff that justifies that time investment? That has always been my personal sort of weariness with approaching visual novels. And in this, I was very impressed to learn that there's like a rewind feature that you can rewind in real time. So if I decide to choose one option, and let's say that this path leads to my character's demise, I can quickly either load a previous save and you can save at any point, or I can fast, I can rewind to the previous decision-making sort of a mm-hmm. checkpoint, if you will. And so if you kind of want to Experience all this in one sitting, you can feel free to do that. And for me, that was a big deal, especially when you play a game such as this that has, I think, five or six endings. And the endings come pretty suddenly, right? You kind of get them as soon as you make a decision. And it's not always clear, like, is this going to be a safe move or not? Um, I feel like sometimes visual novels have a tendency to uh, broadcast, oh, this could be a fatal decision. And To Absurd's credit in its absurdist humor uh, and sort of absurd direction at times, it's the type of thing where you never see death coming around the corner. If anything, your own eagerness to interact with different parts of the environment or creepy critters and whatnot, um, you know, that will often lead to your death at random intervals. And I think that that is something that um, makes for an experience that I was okay returning to time and time again just so that I could experience them because, you know – even if i was met with my demise after a certain choice it was often hilarious or entertaining or it's got you know that art style which i was really really taken with you get to see this uh sort of deranged sense of humor with these deranged monsters and whatnot and uh finding out you know the different outcomes and whatnot i don't really want to spoil anything about the actual story itself but there's this eclectic cast of monsters that come together and you know the player is apparently a central central figure in what they are up to out in the wilderness um but yeah this was a game that from a technical standpoint from a visual standpoint and from a humor standpoint um really capitalized on the visual novel in a way that it made me a fan of studio lemmy and I definitely am going to go back and check out I th- I believe they have about 5 or 6 other games in their catalog Yeah got a few,
0: haven't they
1: Yeah so, so it's a- definitely uh, a strong showing I think of their very unique and seemingly singular um, brand of horror, but also I suppose accessible horror because this is something I think I could recommend to anybody, uh, whether or not they have a vested interest in horror like we do.
0: Yeah, that's it. So yeah, I, what I liked about this is you have this almost fairy tale nature to what's going on. You know, the idea that you just go beyond the borders of where you are that you will find this magical world full of fucked up things, maybe in a good way. Um I think of the book James Herbert did where he did a very um, upfront uh, the view of uh, all these fairy tales being in the back garden, how weird and crazy that can get. And it, this kind of reminds me of that, in, not in like a one-to-one sense, but more in a taking that framework and making it your own, really just stamping your personality on it. And then from the design itself to things you meet, it is very distinctly this developer's idea. You know, there is um, (laughs) just some of the stuff that comes towards the end of it is so perfectly in line with, like, woodsy folk horror stuff, but done in this very silly off-the-wall way, which makes sense for the title we've got. And yeah, that's... I liked the most about it, it just sort of combined things you know, in a, a way that made it refreshing you know, I, I really did enjoy that and yeah, as you said the way that choices come about and the way the endings happen, is just something I didn't quite expect because you do just have these moments where you go well, so that's the end of that like that, and even though there is like what seems like an obvious path like you could go down. Even that isn't like straightforward, really. It, 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 you're constantly given very simple options. You know, like say the nice thing, say the mean thing, like that, and you think, oh, yeah, doesn't always lead where you think, which is good, which is what you want want to um have from that. I think whatever way you go, I mean, it's a credit to the game that all of these endings kind of work in their own way. You know, because they feel so like natural branches of this story, like. If you went there and you made this decision, what would happen? It doesn't play with that sort of middle ground of, oh, is this the right choice? Is that the wrong choice? But like, it's not. It's just consequence of actions and that's it. Not <laughs> Less about narrative, more about what's going to happen if you decide to wander down path A instead of path B. Uh, like you do in any sort of everyday situation. If you take one turn up this road to another road, something very different could happen to you. And yeah, there's a nice aspect of that there that is, um, you know, undersold, but it's definitely there.
1: And I like how, you know, sometimes with visual novels, you start to see the path almost between your decision-making, right? Oh, well, I Mm. answered or I made this choice one way earlier. And if I make a similar type of decision, then I'll have a similar type of outcome. But, you know, yeah. that's just the nature of the complexity with which you make a visual novel and the sort of choose your own adventure aspect. But here, what I like is, is that no way that you approach a situation, the one that you mentioned, right? It's either be an asshole or be yeah. kind. The way that you answer <laughs> that, you know, if you're an asshole, that might have a very different type of outcome than you're expecting. Later on the line, if you have the type of thing where, oh, I could be nice to these people or be an asshole, you know, the the options shift or the fates shift rather. And I like that sense of – you I don't know. It's hard to describe. It's kind of like – I like not knowing what could come around the corner. And it's difficult to find patterns in this in terms of the logic of the world, which really does – kind of circle, come full circle for absurd, right? You've got these absurd situations, you've got these absurd monsters, you've got these absurd uh, logic sort of uh, situations you find yourself in. And, mm-hmm. you know, the absurdity being the through line really does work in terms, again, of this feeling very indicative of a particular creative's unique personality or sensibilities, um, which I think is yeah. why, while you could draw influence, I don't know, between monster movies or games or something that person might be interested in or choose your own adventure style storytelling, this or that. It's like absurd is the game now that I associate with Studio Lemmy because it is so unique in that regard. Its aesthetic is unique. It's world building and humor and everything that I've been saying is very unique. And yeah, as somebody that now has played almost 10 visual novels probably since we started doing Horror Bites. Uh, And that's not me complaining. That's just me pointing out, you know, how far we've come in terms of the range of visual novels that we've played. Yeah. Um, For me personally, absurd is the best bite-sized choose your own adventure style game um, that I've played from a visual novel standpoint, because in that bite-sized nature, it doesn't feel insignificant. You know, it's not going to be um, perhaps the caliber of prose that some of the other ones that we've played have have included. But from a engagement and humor standpoint, and just kind of like you said, that fantasy world that you want to find out more about, uh, while seldomly getting answers for its money, I think it's got a lot of bang for its uh, you know bite-sized nature.
0: Absolutely does. So, with that one done, we shall go on to my pick for this week, and I will invoke the spirit of Robin Sparkles and put out that ancient war cry and say, "Let's." go to the more. <laughs> that mall being Ocean View more uh, is the title and location of APU Games and Interactive Media's uh, project, basically. This comes from a Bachelor of Arts in Games and Interactive Media program at I want to say this right, Azusa Pacific University. Now, we've come across a few of these in the time we've done Horror Bites, haven't we? You know, these sort of um, student projects from universities and such, and I always find that fascinating that you can have this you know, fledgling development team put together like this and you know very often we sort of get games made by one to three people you know probably in their home maybe in the, the office whatever but it's in a very different way and this is like giving that level of developer the tools you know up front and seeing what can you do? Now, this is like a vertical sort of slice of a project that is due to be finished at some point. And not for the first time, I think. We could say ambition has been shown you know, here and what could be. So just say a little word on what this game is. So they describe it as a hub-and-spoke horror game. Now, if you kind of want an example of that on a different scale, layers of fear. How's that a bit where you keep returning to the same point to go to different areas each time, you know, and I mean, even some Resident Evils have an aspect of that, I suppose. Uh, it is set in a mall that is seemingly abandoned, but uh, has something going on. So you play as a rich real estate agent whose focus is on money and has caused a fam- family rift, basically. So he's trying to um, make up for that by going to this mall and getting a nice thing for his son, son I think it is. And yeah, something's not right about this mall, basically that he goes in goes there, has to power it up, has to go through this area and it turns out to be very odd and there's something after him. And you know, by the time he the slice finishes, you've basically done a, a bit of what the game is going to be about and yeah, the tease is there for what could be to come. So, yeah, it does work very much like we were talking about the word Layers of Fear and that it is a concrete building. Yeah, it is very physical and very real, but has an almost supernatural change depending on which direction you go, I think, is the idea, as they show it in this small slice. So, yeah, it, it does do a bit of that quite well. Now, it looks... Really well done already. Yeah. You know, I know vertical slices can. We only discussed this with, um, Redfall recently, where I it, you can make a game look great in a small slice because you are stripping back everything that doesn't matter for that sort of pack shot effectively. But no, I, you know, when the game is of this scale, I think you can kind of tell the difference between that. And here, you know, it's voiced, you know, there's these really distinct cutscene bits with like, um, this sort of wishy-washy art style to go into a sort of flashback about, you know, the conversations that the man's had with his family that have led him to this moment. And, yeah, I love that. You know, that art style that they use for that is mm-hmm. delightfully surreal and a good way of sort of translating that you're having a flashback, if you will. And, you know, the bare bones of what they have got there already, you know, in terms of, like, is, you know, very traditional, sort of, oh, yeah, you're here in this place, it's not right, things are chasing you, blah, blah, blah. but And uh, I think already, as a starter package, it is showing signs of them being accomplished at that, which I, I'm very impressed by. Um, yeah, so it's one of those where I'm very glad to see it out there, to see a clearly young team getting to make something of this, you know, standard and, and know that it is only a small part of what could be very ambitious for what it is. Um, yeah, so I'm really sort of looking forward to seeing where this goes. And the mall itself, you know, I just think is really well designed. You know, I think it it, it is so dingy in a good way and really just sells that sort of isolated, dilapidated look. You know, it, it has something there that. I'd want from that. And making it not exactly what it seems like they do already kinda of adds a nice thing to that where it's like, yeah, well if I go here I expect X, Y, and Z and it sort of takes you out of that comfort zone a bit. See, I was dead. Yeah, I'm a sucker for games and, and anything sort of doing malls right as a sort of horror setting and this does pretty damn well.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, of course I'm gonna begin by asking you to refresh my memory. What was the name of the game that we played that was made in Unreal? We covered it for the inventory where you basically fall through the ground into a pool and you're in this like really gorgeous mall. Um, we covered it at the beginning oh, of the year.
0: I'm going to have an to name Anamopolis. Yeah, yes. That's, right. yes. So that's it. That's
1: it. <laughs> I'm going to compare that to this because, you know, as you stated, this is not the first game that we've played that has had you explore this mall you know, there's a little bit of vintage to it. I think you know, it's kind of trying to capture mm-hmm. what it was like to be in you know malls back in the day when there was actually you know more than just a hot topic and EB Games and like a mall phone kiosk or something like that, right? Yeah. Uh, granted, this mall is clearly headed on the uh, the other way, right? Because it's got 50 percent mm-hmm. closing sale signs everywhere and whatnot. Um, but what I think separates this experience, and I'm very happy to learn that this is just a small slice. This is not a completely finished um, product. Um, I'm really taken with the narrative aspect of this, which I think is what allows this to flourish in a way that I wish some of those other mall experiences had uh, Animopolis included. Right. Um, I think yeah. that where something like Animopolis is able to have this really high fidelity, gorgeous sort of a uh, nature of its design and whatnot, but at the same time feel like something is just kind of like right behind you, constantly watching you um, with ocean view mall, you know, the narrative aspect of it gives so much importance, I think. Maybe not, maybe importance is the wrong way to phrase it, but it gives me more investment in what I'm doing. And I was really taken with not only the fact that this is fully voiced for multiple characters, but the direction yeah. also, how these cutscenes and the cutscenes themselves, like you said, they're kind of like surreal in the sense that it's like very fluid almost. You can just barely make out what's actually on the screen. But then it sort of is like floating and then it almost looks like a hodgepodge on like a painter's canvas of different shades of colors and these things. Um, But the fact that the narrative that's playing throughout this about this father that is, you know, overburdened with work to the degree that it's a detriment to his home life and the relationship with his son. The fact that those ramifications or rather that sort of thematic is reflective of the world of the Ocean View Mall when things become surreal. Mm. Um, I really enjoyed – there's a couple of set pieces where, you know, one, of course, you're going to be going through an office because he spends all time all day at the office. Then yeah. you have this nightmarish neighborhood set piece where it basically shows like, oh, this is what he's been working for. But then you see all the neighbors that are like out in their yard and they look equally strange and whatnot. It's like, oh, we're all neglecting our families because this is, I guess, what everybody in this world does. Um, yeah. But more importantly, you know, there's a brief transition between one environment to the other. And, you know, your son talks about, oh, um, uh, I don't want this car that you got me. I just want to spend time with you. And then the transition between one environment to the next is quite literally what looks like a child's car crashing through the wall. Like little connectivity uh, sort of transitions between the world and the narrative and, you know, both being reflective of one another. I thought was one of those little touches that made me more interested in the space than maybe I would have if they hadn't been. Granted, If it didn't have this high production value, the narrative and whatnot, you know, I think by and large, it still is a world that is well composed. It captures the ambiance of walking through them all sort of aimlessly almost. Um, But also, you know, I think that the gameplay portions where you're not just wandering and looking for fuses, but like when you have to avoid enemies or you have to traverse this house and whatnot, I thought that those moments were also pretty well done. And it's more engaging than just wandering, you know? And I think that one situation in particular, you know, you have to not only avoid enemies, but you have to nail the sort of um, pattern, I suppose, that you're supposed to go through this office building. And, you know, if you go the wrong way, then there's sort of this like reset that makes you appear back in a different location. And, you know, just the way that that's all handled and the complexity of those mechanics for a bite-sized experience... I thought it was a pretty strong showing right out of the gate. And like I said, the game looks gorgeous. I would say it's graphics look like one or two pegs below something made in unreal. Um, Cause it really, it does yeah. have this great look to it. Um, and it captures the ambiance of the mall in a way that, uh, you know, we've seen elsewhere previously, but that's not to say that it isn't done exceptionally well here as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, one of the games we covered on um, horror bites a while back was called mute. Yep. And that was why an academic team we at the time were talking about how polished it looked and how well you know how they pretty much did what some big games do in this genre well yeah as well and this is another sort of example of that where they've got the fundamentals down right and a real understanding of what makes most horror games tick yeah you know, we talk about it often you know you can use the old tricks if you do them well, yeah. you know, it's like, because no one's going to sort of begrudge you that at least. And then you just take the next layer and add something to it. That is very much your own. I think that's slightly lacking yet at the minute, but you know, where there could be a bit more personal flavor, but maybe having a bunch of young minds together, sort of collaborating and making this, that, that does kind of take away a little bit of the individualism that we find with some of the smaller projects. Sure. You know? So it's a trade-off that I think is worth it in some ways because they've still got a lot to learn that they can learn. And um, that's always the most exciting sort of potential you can have.
1: Yeah, you would really hope with a a team that is as big as this, but really it's comprised of people that are part of a program, right? So it's like, yeah, Yeah. you want to draw from the talent pool that's immediately available to you rather than – I mean, the ideal situation is everybody's on the same page from the outset of what the vision is for this, whereas – When you have all these people coming together due to an academic uh, need, right, or drive rather than if this was an independent studio or something like that, my hope would be that, you know, if this is the first brief slice of that full-fledged experience that maybe will come later, the more refined it gets, the louder those creative voices that are at, you know, the head of the table, if you will, would be allowed to kind of shine through more because then if you're moving away from that just, oh – we've got this team of people that are just comprised because of the academic piece. Then, you know, it's like, Oh, we can actually draw people in more that, you know, they're here to do this function and we get to have more to Mm -hmm. say about, you know, some of the aspects, whether it's the surreal nature of it, whether it's the horror aspect of it. Um, But I think, and they're two very small examples, but um, the humor that somebody in the creative pool for this team has came through and you're going through the different stores initially. And one of them is like a bench store and you go in and it's just Mm -hmm. a bench and there's all this, it's supposed to look like it's out in a garden somewhere. And you sit there and you read these motivational posters or there's a (laughs) secret environment, um, on the second floor somewhere, which people can find for themselves and be treated to, um, you know, a bit of a stuffed animal dancing, which I'll leave to uh, the imagination. (laughs) Uh, but you know, little moments like that, I think are indicative of somebody that, should they return and i would assume that it's somebody that would return for the full-fledged product is able to maybe allow those sort of elements to flourish more while at the same time yeah. i think the strong nature that's presented with the narrative and that surrealist sort of art style would be able to you know mm-hmm. flourish even more so in a full-fledged product so yeah you know i'm glad to hear again that this is just a, a brief slice a uh, first look at it because that ending is very abrupt but with that context It makes sense, right? Um, And I wouldn't say that abrupt to the sense that I was like, oh, man, this was disappointing, but it was kind of like, oh, I want more of this, which, I mean, I would assume that's what every developer wants to hear, right? When you put out this preview or something like that, it's like, I need more, and I don't need it next month. I need it now.
0: Yeah, that's it. And it's stated very much in the page, that it's just a a slice of the part of the larger narrative as a senior capstone project, as they put it. For the universities So I mean they should be finished This year yeah? yes. so It's for the 2022-23 uh, Semester So great uh, We'll probably see the end result at some point If we're lucky so We, we will get to that in time um, So We will be back with more Indie horror highlights next week uh, But in the meantime if you're a developer Of an indie horror game demo concept or game jam entry We'd love to hear from you so drop us a DM at SaferInPod on Twitter or at SaferInPod at gmail.com for email. Um, if you'd like to be highlighted or interviewed on the show, that's another way to do it. So, or you can head to the DMs of Horror Whites underscore SR Twitter if you'd like to be promoted there, you know, through social media. Um, so that is it for this week. Uh, we shall return with those games next week. And uh, until then, get out there and play those little games.